Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and today we are pumped to drop this awesome podcast episode for you guys. A few weeks ago, me, Luke, and Kyle had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Alexander Villon. Many of you may know him as Tom Marilyn from Amazon's The Wheel of Time series and Kiartan the Cruel from BBC and Netflix's The Last Kingdom, among many other things. While sharing a beer with Alexander, we discussed The Wheel of Time, The Last Kingdom, and he even flips us off for something we said on the podcast about him. You're just going to have to tune in to find out what we said to deserve it. Alexander was the coolest, and we are sure he will be back at some point in the future to discuss some more Wheel of Time or hopefully the new show he is currently filming from the creators of Dark called 1899. If you're looking to check out our coverage of the Wheel of Time or The Last Kingdom, you can find those episodes on any of your favorite podcast apps or at BenchtownTV.com. All right, guys, without further ado, enjoy the interview. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? There he is. Oh, oh my geez. god, give me one second. Give me one second. <laughs> so, it's 11 o'clock here, so yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, right. It's 11 o'clock. Thank you, by the way, for doing that for us with the, cool. with the time difference. No worries. <laughs> my kids are in their rooms and having fun, so they're, they're actually enjoying not having me around right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not passing up a chance to drink with Tom Marilyn. There you go. <laughs> Cheers. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> I feel yeah, like no, an alcoholic no. now. Like this is like every Zoom meeting, but I took the <laughs> no, it's yeah. actually a winter holiday in Denmark, so that's why okay. I'm okay. off work. Oh, okay. I do want to give you a warning. We're going to be absolutely all over the place because recently we have been watching a lot of shows and coincidentally been catching up in The Last Kingdom at the same time of covering The Wheel of Time. And then on top of that, the podcast's favorite show right now is Dark. And we know that you've been filming for the writer's new show. So we're going to be all over the place, but (laughs) we're like your biggest fans right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess before we ask about the professional life, you said you mentioned that it's a holiday in Denmark. But uh, how are you? How are you personally? How's the uh, the winter been? The the winter here? Yes. Okay. Right now, it's quite, quite shitty. It's so Danish in every way and form because it's not it's not snow it's just raining. But we 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 out of COVID now. Uh, every all the restrictions are gone, and you can you can really feel it on people. They, they need to get out there and, and drink and have a good time. And we're counting the days for the spring. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. yeah. And I was just in New York actually a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago, and I could feel the same day as well. It was kind of everybody's just. It, enough enough mm-hmm. let's get on with it so so um yeah it's a holiday now but it's it's kind of we couldn't make any plans because we didn't know whether yeah COVID was going to interfere mm-hmm. so we're taking it a day at a time and yeah but thankful that we are getting through it now yeah yeah and and and, and guys uh, sorry but i'm danish and i curse a lot so yeah, that's okay. It fits right in with us. Yeah, <laughs> we won't hold back. <laughs> but I want to ask you something based on that, because I didn't know that you were Danish. And as someone who's just recently for the first time watching The Last Kingdom, like I'm still yeah. only two seasons in. I'm just kind of catching up. But I had no idea you were Danish. And it's awesome that you got to play an actual Dane who is the leader of one of the subsections of the Danes and actually turned out to be the rival of our main character for almost two seasons. Was that a huge part of why you wanted to be in the the last kingdom of the show was because you want kind of saw it as sort of historical uh, fiction and it could be part of 
not your direct ancestry, but you know, along the lines. I wish I could say yes to that because that sounds so much more intelligent <laughs> than the reason why. And <laughs> uh, no, it, it was actually so. I was I've been working in Denmark for for many years, and and I was starting to I was up for for quite some big parts in movies, and my agency over here said we need to go to to UK and and talk to some casters over there. And one of the casters that I met was Kelly Hendry, and she's the one who casted this one. And, and I was sitting at a meeting, and she wasn't really paying attention. And I was like, um, maybe I should, I don't know, come back another day or something. And she said, no, 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 sorry, but we, we I'm casting this new show called The Last Kingdom. And we got this one guy, and we haven't found him, and it's you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was easy. My first <laughs> kind of UK going for roles, and it was um, – and she asked me if I could uh, stay and meet the director, and I had to go home. So I said no, but I learned it in the in the airplane back home, and you'll have it on the uh, in your mailbox uh, tomorrow at, at seven a.m. And then I got the part, and then I learned about what the show was about. So no, no, it was it was way different. But I was, of course, I knew the the character was called Kiat and the Cruel. And um, if you got a, a, a last name like that, you know that it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to come back and haunt you in some way or form. And of course, I, being Danish, we know all about the Vikings and our history and all that. So I was mm-hmm. intrigued about it, but I didn't know that much. When we started out on in the first season, it was they were just getting started. And Nick Murphy, who did the first couple of episodes, the director, it was we were there for a long time trying to figure it out how to do this because they had this perception of was what Vikings was and us coming from Denmark and Norway and Sweden we had a bit of a different view on it uh, so we had to merge that and I, I think we we got there in a way but it was um, I, I was so thankful it was it was really really cool and he was he was such a cool character to play. Definitely in, in second season, the first one was kind of building him up, but, but mm-hmm. the season was really, yeah, high-strong kind of person. I'll definitely I, say, though, that your impact in season one, so how we actually ended up recording something on The Last Kingdom was we have this format where we have someone come and pitch us the pilot of a show that no one's ever seen, and then they spend the podcast trying to convince us to watch the rest of the show. So when we first were exposed to The Last Kingdom, it was only the pilot episode, and Mm -hmm. we're spending half this time talking about oh man, is Kjartan and Sven going to be like the actual main bad guys for this whole season? And little did we know, you don't even pop up, I think, until every last episode. Right, right. And it was just such an impactful... uh, role your character had because it pretty much drove the entire force that becomes Uhtred. Um, but one thing I did want to ask you, though, is have you kept up with the show at all? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that kind of actor, but no, 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 sorry. Um, no. And and I, I really do want to uh, do that and, and watch it all, but I, I've been too busy. And it was kind of one of those where you... I think I'm a bit of... Um, I'm shit at it. When I leave some kind of work, I kind of leave it. And, and it takes me a couple of years to go back to it. And then I, I and then it's out of my mind. And then I can watch it with new eyes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm still not there because I, I don't know why. It, I, I really enjoyed it, but I, 
I don't know. I don't know. No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, going I'm back sorry. to what Luke said, it's it's very interesting because obviously they don't film in the order of the episodes exactly every single time. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you're in the pilot and then you're in the very end of season one and then you're a big part in the beginning of season two. What's it like for an actor to know whether whether you even know or not, because they, I don't know if they gave you the whole script at first or not, but you're in it and then they're like, OK, we'll take a break for a season and then we'll see you in season two. What's it like oh, for an actor jumping yeah. in and out of character like that? Yeah, I was I was definitely I, I don't have a problem jumping in our characters in that way, but uh, I am um, very ambitious. <laughs> so that's a hard thing for me. It, it, it is a hard thing for me to I have to convince myself that it's not in any way or form disrespectful or something like it's nothing to do with that. But I just, I just really want to be in there. And I thought it was such a nice way of introducing these characters. Like his kids get, get his eyes, eye poked out and all that. And he burns down the whole family. And it's just so, why would you leave him there? I yeah. mean, that was what I was sitting with. But of course, I knew he was coming in. The plan was that he was going to come in the last two episodes of that, uh, the, the first season. But then they pushed it all. And I, I struggled with that. I, I kind of thought it was it was hard, um, but it was more because I really I didn't feel that that I got to do what I really wanted to do with him yet. So mm-hmm. it was, I just kind of scratched the surface. So it's more to do with me than um, I understand it from their point of view, and and of course they need to go with Alexander the lead, and and it's always like that. And they have all these minor plots everywhere, but but. I was really thankful that they brought him back and that I I could end the story with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I mean, it's a huge story. People people think that he died with those silly 800 stab wounds that he got. (laughs) He could be back. man. He was still still twitching. He was still. I don't see any scars on you. I think you're fine. (laughs) Well, we actually just talked about this on our podcast covering season one, saying how exactly like you said, they start with the the pilot episode coming in so hot with with Kiartan and Sven and the storyline where they burn the whole entire fort down and Uhtred's entire family. And wow, then I'm we still do pissed not- at you for that. I hate you. Yeah. For that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just do not. And, and for lack of a better term for the writers, it's ballsy to just not have you show up ever again for the entire season and introduce other villains when really a lot of people are waiting for Kiartan. I mean, it's a testament to how good the story is, too, because it's so good that we know Kiartan is in the background and we're waiting for him, but we're also paying attention what the actual story is for season one. But it really was crazy how you just are there, you're underlying, they talk about you, and and young Ragnar and Uhtred say when it's time, it'll happen and we'll be there together. But you're just not there, and, and it really was. I had such fun. I was the one who pitched the show to the rest of the guys, and I was having so much fun asking them, so how long do you think Kiartan's going to last in season one? Do you think he shows up in season two or three? Like, you know, because I knew he just wasn't going to be around again for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, but I actually thought it was ballsy as well. And I like that. So I, I, I have to give them kudos to them because it, it, it was kind of cool that they kind of just, and of course everybody was talking about it. You knew he was going to come back for a big finish. In the right. Way. Right. But I knew my days were, I mean, I mean, people were asking me, so you're going to be on this show forever? And I said, no, 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 no. He's definitely getting slaughtered in some way or form. 
so let's talk about that. I don't want to make this yeah. whole thing about the last kingdom, but I definitely need oh. to talk about your your final fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we were praising pretty much every time we talked about this show was how the attention to detail that the writers paid to for the battle scenes and more specifically like the bigger battle scenes, but also just the styles of fighting. And one thing I wanted to ask you was, were there any specific pointers you were given on the way Danes fought or was it kind of just a scripted fight? Go in there, you're going to die, but let's make it look cool. You know, uh, we, we had the discussion and that was actually in the season one in the first episode because we were, talking about there was these massive uh, battles and they were all uh, done really, really cool and kind of, yeah, sword fighting in that way. And we were talking about it and said, this, this, is, this is too much. It looks good, but it's too much. You, would, you wouldn't care if you stab somebody in the back. I mean, you would just go for the kill immediately. Right. Don't make it look good. So actually I had a couple of... of of, of fights in the start. I can't remember how much was in the final after the editing, but it was actually more about just stabbing all the wrong ways and just going for the, mm-hmm. I mean, not right, making the it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't care about if people uh, later on went, well, you stabbed him in the back. Well, who gives a fuck? He died. I mean, yeah, I'm right. Alive. I'm alive and he's dead. Yeah. We, we kind of brought that kind of thought into the second season as well and into that fight as well that it had to be more dirty than cool looking right uh, and, yeah. and, and, and i i remember that the thing that worked for me in that scene was actually when they moved back when they pushed back into the corner we were talking about that my son Sven, that he was going to die in the other room and i said kind of please see it through the window because that's going to that's going to do the effect. That's going to, yeah, that's such a great, even scene. though he's chats on the cruel or whatever, still his boy still mm-hmm. is. I mean, and that's going to evolve into a fight that might not be cool looking, just going to go bananas. I and freaking I love that. that. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting that you say that too, because we have said in both podcasts so far, complimenting these fight scenes and these battle scenes saying that they almost look awkward because they look so real and not highly choreographed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that that's great that you say that. And and again, the scene with him seeing Sven through the window or whether, however you want to say it, seeing him in the other room yeah, yeah, yeah. is amazing as well, just because like you're saying, he's and the cruel, but his his whole motivation is yeah. Sven. You know, keeping yeah. him protected from the first episode. You see, all he's doing is trying to protect Sven and get the retribution for taking the eye of Sven. And, you know, yeah. in season two, Sven isn't like, you know, he's like a little sidekick. He, you know, <laughs> he can't really do anything. And his dad's no. taking care of everything. Yeah. So you protecting him the entire time. So, yeah, that's great that they added that scene right before the brutal fight scene. Yeah, I just remember that it was just it just kickstarted everything else. And then I, I didn't care how it was and how we were going to do that or the, it's just, it was just going to go because he, he goes in there so angry and he's dead as well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. It right. Was kind right. Of, yeah, yeah. It, and, and I really love that. And that's kudos to the director. That was really, really, really cool. I'm not that sure. Was the first job abroad. That was Lost Kingdom. That was me getting away from Denmark. So I'm, I'm still oh, so okay. about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. I'm not sure if you're a Game of Thrones fan, but I absolutely was getting some Game of Thrones vibes during this fight because I was convinced that Kjartan was going to kill young Ragnar. Like I needed another reason to hate your character. But <laughs> it actually didn't work out that way. And it turned into one of the most satisfying scenes. And part of it is exactly with what you said is like before Kjartan dies, and I'll get to that in one second, you do see your son die. But one of the things that makes this whole scene like a million times better to me is that the show focuses so much on the Danish religion and like Valhalla and their and their customs like that. And so after Kjartan gets the, the final blow where he knows he's going to die, he's 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 waiting to die. Uh, young Ragnar actually kicks his sword out of his hand yeah. and then you start freaking out because that's like the most like holy thing ever. You need to die as a warrior with your weapon in your hand and you're begging for the weapon to get back. And that just made the scene because like you're looking at Uhtred who's like kind of like kill him, fucking kill him. And then like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here like hype and, it's, and he just <laughs> does not get his weapon in his hand and then proceeds to get stabbed in the face like a million times. So like yeah. all in all, it was he, one of the most satisfying scenes I've ever seen and you killed it. And the fact that you were part of the reason that you, you helped to make the, the Sven part happen even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And Luke, are you talking about Viper in the mountain? Like how you were hoping it's going to be the Viper win and then the mountain turns it. I was convinced or, that, that yeah, you Ragnar thought York was, was going to turn it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. I was, I was working a long time for that to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> give me a couple more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, what does that feel like as an actor though? Just in a more general sense, outside of maybe last kingdom specific that you have these ideas and you kind of, not blend with the character, but you start to relate to the character that you play and you feel like you almost not know better, but you feel like you have this idea and they listen and then it plays out I, like that. I, I, I don't think I identify in that way or any, uh, with, with my characters. I just kind of, I, I go for the, what makes them tick. And for me, this was all about his son. It was like, mm -hmm. you said, yeah. Yeah, it, it's all about his son. So I needed that. I needed that too. And, and, I come from a place when you're a Danish actor, it's all about if the if the idea is better, it's better. Doesn't matter where it comes from. Right. So, so so we we don't have a hierarchy on set. It's kind of flat. Of course, director's king, but but I mean it's kind of flat. So it doesn't matter where it comes from. And that's the way I approach foreign uh, sets as well. I don't give a fuck if it's a better idea. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying that this idea came from me. I'm yep. just saying that we kind of made it happen in that way so it it transferred better into the next scene. Right, right. And whoever gets credit, I don't give a fuck. Right. You just <laughs> want it's, it's better. If it's better, it's better. Yeah. And and so so I don't know if that's answered to your question, but it's no. I, if I really need, I really need that everybody who's on set, it doesn't matter whether you're the runner or you're the director or the executive producer. If you got a better idea, it, it better be heard. Yeah, so no, that's the exact answer. Because somebody <laughs> has an idea out there, and that might be the director in five years from now. So, so, yeah. So, so it's important, uh, so, and it's definitely some some way that we are educated in, uh, in on sets in Denmark, definitely, and theaters. That of course we got idiots here as well that doesn't listen, but probably <laughs> people will listen for better. Yeah. So let me ask you then, was the idea to have to pivot over to Wheel of Time a little bit, because we've been reading stories, you never really know for a fact, but was the idea to have Tom play guitar, was that your idea? Because I know no, that you do no, play guitar no, a little no. bit, right? No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, 
So that's actually, it's kind of cool that you're going into these two shows because this is Kelly Hendry again, the cast. Wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) First one and now this one. And, um, she and, she knows what you can play. Yeah, she yeah. you in two good roles. <laughs> she's been if if Kelly, if you're out there, you she's landed me like four or five shows. But this one was actually kind of kind of similar in a way because uh they were they were looking for Tom. And of course, Tom in the books, like you mentioned on your podcast, we shall listen to guys. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a beef with you in a moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> just uh, uh, no, but Kelly, uh, back to Kelly. They were, yeah, they were they were looking for this character, and Kelly has used me a couple of times for when they they are not getting what they're searching for. So she kind of throws it my way because she knows that I will do it. I don't care how the character is described or anything. I, I just, I, I see a way that I want to do it. And then it might be bad, but at least it's something else. And 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 this was one of those as well, because I know that Tom Mellon, as you were talking about in the books are like 65 or 70 and mm-hmm. it's, it's long and skinny and wide yeah. mustache. And now I was looking at I said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 48 and it's like really guys and but there was something about him that I, I i couldn't let it go so i kind of did the i did the self-tape in in my own way and i just left out all these ideas of him and the harp and all this because i can just imagine all the self-tape that they got with people playing, playing harps like elegantly yeah. <laughs> and 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 <laughs> I'm being a dick now. Sorry, yeah. but, <laughs> but I was I was thinking about that. I just thought that he was, as you actually pointed out as well, that he was he's kind of a cowboy-ish character, and that's how I did it. And they luckily they fell for it. <laughs> and and to be fair, I mean this show is going to hopefully go on for quite some years, and. Maybe it's not a good idea to start out with a 70-year-old actor. So yeah, very true. Um, but yeah, he plays the guitar. And I think I'm a big fan of, of the way that if, if you look at how Batman has transformed in all the through time, started out in underpants or what do you call it. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> really dark and gritty. And even seeing it for like when it was like 20 years ago, it's like almost laughable now. And I think that's what they did. They they want to do here as well. This worked when the books were written, but it, it wouldn't work now. So let's try to take it somewhere else. And I was so thankful that they did that because I was not going to be the 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 red clothed clothed um, mustache. Yeah. Kind of no, right, I, right. I think it's that's what you're not saying. my project in any way or form. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, and it kind of it fits so well with in the tone of the show. I feel like yeah. especially the way that we meet Tom, the way that he acts, the, and he still you still have that. What I have had said about a lot of the characters is that they may have changed little things, but I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of the soul is still there. Like you are Tom. You're, oh, you're, cool. you're, that is so important that you still yeah. feel that connection. There. Oh yeah, I, I feel like I'm not disrespecting anything. I think I feel like if 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 you don't want to 
look at the past, you're disrespecting it. This is definitely looking at the past, but it's building on top of it. It's the same with an idea. You, you see an idea and you build on it. And this is, this is what they, they did. I had nothing to do with that except for me. We tried the moustache and I said, no. <laughs> it, 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 honestly, it would look too goofy with just the mustache. It would look it very goofy, all of it. Yeah. It, it looked, I looked like a comedian. It, it, I, and I was starting to do things like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. Honestly, I, I, I think you read the books and you get attached to that vision of the character. And everyone, when it's a book, it's words on a page and you people have their own image in their heads, but I honestly love this version of Tom. I think that you're much more badass versus Tom's kind of more of this like goofy kind of guy with that side to him. So I I think uh, season one, Tom was very good for me. I think you nailed exactly what the whole thing was like. It's fine to do it in a book to have a 70 year old doing all of these, even the fight scene with the fade that you had in season one, that would have looked way more awkward if you had a really, really old man trying yeah, to yeah. like you know right, throw, throw right. knives around so i just think making it more realistic it all makes sense and i think you were fantastic tom Marilyn. thank you thank you so much but to be fair if it would have been like liam neeson he could have fucking pulled it off <laughs> <laughs> well he doesn't have any guns to work with his tom yeah <laughs> liam neeson might have seemed almost goofier he almost i don't know if i've it. ever seen liam neeson throw knives he's he's go with the guns he's proficient with the guns but <laughs> what is that i mean i know that you are you're kind of an artist, you're a musician yourself. What does that mean to you to be able to actually bring that hobby and passion of yourself into this actual professional work? Yeah, so so I actually started out with music, so I wanted to be, I mean, I wanted to go that way. My, and I had bands and my best friends were musicians. And um, I, I say it with such sorrow now that I almost... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. <laughs> my life. I want to be no, but um, I had to leave that because I was doing too many things. I was doing stand-up and I was doing uh, the the whole music thing and acting and painting and yeah, too much. So I kind of let go of some of it. And to be fair, I don't know if I was good as not enough either. I, I had. The, the musicians I was playing with was really, really good. And in, in, and I've been in, in major bands in Denmark. I think I had the I had the charisma of the lead singer, but I don't know if I had the... As you said, I'm no Adele. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that wasn't me? It was Kyle. One of you guys said it. <laughs> there are not many Adele's out there, though. And you I'm said not. it, Kyle. And I'm not. And I'm not. But at first I was really scared, not not scared, but I was I was worrying about it because one thing is is making your own music with, with friends and other musicians, but this was written for the character. And so I was I was kind of, what is this gonna be and what, what do they expect? And um, I went into a studio and I was I almost had a tear in my eye because it was like I fucking missed this so much. And then they presented this song to me that was really, really haunting. And, and I, I chose to do it in that kind of Tom Waits kind of way. But that was also me being, taking it away from maybe the expectations of what he was, trying to do something else. And maybe another song, you can do a totally different thing. Uh, but I was I was like two or three 
hours in the studio. And they ended up using actually the, a live version, which was I was so surprised about. So, so what's in the series now is just, it's a live me singing it there, but we did it in the studio. I don't know why they chose it that way. Uh, so I can hear the flaws as well, and I can, it, I'm, I'm very picky. But I, it meant a lot being back. But it, it, I feel really naked. It's not like acting. It's not like uh, mm -hmm. cracking a joke or killing somebody or having a love scene. It's it's music is it's a different creature. It's really vulnerable. So I, 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 when I saw it the first time, I was like, I, I yeah. think it was kind of like you guys. You said maybe the second time I, I saw it two times, and the second time I I, I was said, yeah, that's kind of cool. It, yeah, it, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of cool. But the first time I was like. <laughs> well, I can only imagine what that's like. I mean, when we first started the podcast and hearing my own voice over like a recording that we specifically edit was enough. And I can't imagine me just naked, like naked singing in it, in that. And then the whole world seeing it just, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm proud of it. And I'm really, and I'm, I'm looking forward to him because now I put him here, but he can go anyway. He can, he can kind of, go falsetto or whatever but but I, okay. I like them to be different creatures instead of just being this and and to be fair to you guys no i'm 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 not i'm not a singer in that way um i wanted him to be more gritty have a different kind of sexiness or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not be that uh no flaws kind of Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, man? yeah, yeah. I think yeah. from the uh, the reception I've seen on Twitter, I think it worked out pretty well. Cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I will say, as a book reader, Tom shows up pretty early, and we were working with Amazon, and we had screeners for the show, so we saw it earlier than most people, and we're watching. And at the time, Luke and Kyle had read the books. I had started. I'm not sure, but I started early enough to know that Tom wasn't there yet. And in the books, Tom is there in the village. So he would have shown up in episode one yeah. and everyone's, you know, I, I, I would remember watching and ha having everyone say like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Is he coming? Like what's going on? You got, and we know he has to show up, but it was very epic to decide that he's going to show up in this way where, you know, Matt and Rand walk into the, to the alehouse or whatever you want to say. <laughs> and there he is performing and then everybody's watching him and matt and rand are watching him so that was that was a very epic introduction yeah i had the same uh, the director when you when he when he told me about it i was like that's that's like a dream i mean what more can you ask for that just that dusty kind of cowboyish walking up and then and Yes, exactly. It fits so much better with the way that you went with the character versus meeting him and you're kind of juggling some balls. Yeah, doing back on the village screen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it worked out much better for the tone of the character. Uh, yeah. But one thing I will say, though, is that the song itself, like the lyrics are incredibly, incredibly important. So it's almost better because... Like in hindsight, now that I'm a little bit farther in the books, I'm starting to piece some of it together. But it's just so crazy that they were willing to throw that into the song so early. And then before we can move on away from the song, one thing I will say, 
about the the reason we were so critical, I guess, is because I don't know if you've watched the show The Witcher, um, but that's been one of those. I I need to see it because there's a Dane in it as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There is a character that is very, very similar to Tom, but he's more he is more. He is more of the Yeah, yeah. He's a bard. And he came out with a song in season one that is such a banger that we added to like all of our phones. And like we listen to it's like a radio hit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's what we were comparing to from a totally fantasy perspective like tom's made way more sense but we were just goofing around i hope you don't take it to heart because we we genuinely I, love I it. would never hey 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 yeah. I, 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 we wouldn't be talking if i took offense <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I, too. I, I found, I found, no i found it very uh honest and mm-hmm. and lovingly heartful whatever you call it, the way that you talked about it and i agree i totally agree in the way that you see it and i didn't want to play myself into a corner where i couldn't top myself yeah. So I'm being intelligent about it as well. But I can say that now, maybe the next time it's not going to be better, but I really don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm Danish. It's all about the charm. And I got a foot in there and you're not going to get me. <laughs> <out>. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love That's that. awesome. You, you mentioned this is just such a, a personal question that I've been waiting to ask you. So you mentioned yeah. that you were a musician and then um, you've been painting, obviously, as well. And then you you act. And I, I saw in an interview that you looked into being a chef when you were younger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and kind of turned away from the lifestyle, which funny enough, because of the life expectancy, which made me yeah. laugh a little bit. But I kind of was the same way. I, I looked yeah. at the lifestyle of a chef and it was way too many hours and such like a grind like that that it uh that it pushed me away from it. But uh I will say though that part of me wishes that I kind of just dove in a little bit when I was younger. And just yeah. kind of dove into that one hobby of just being a chef like that. Yeah. And I still have it. I, I still kind of, I love being in the kitchen. I make yeah. food every day for the family and everybody, but I'm, I'm kind of stagnated in, in this kind of, I'm not getting any better. <laughs> but I, I, I love so. Well, you got the charm. Yeah. That's the thing. You look good <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, no, but I, but that's um, yeah. But and, and people say it's never too late, but it kind of is, isn't it? Because you, you, you filled it out with so many other things that you yeah. kind of. And I had that with the with the chef thing. I'm, I, I did the first. What's that called? Uh, Master Chef in Denmark. When that started here in Denmark. Yeah, and I did that actually, not because of the program, but because somebody would actually let me cook each day how <laughs> many weeks and me calling it a job and uh i enjoyed that for for i don't know how five or six or seven weeks and then i got fed up with it i kind of i kind of okay so this now it's getting into work and then yeah. i knew I was, I was right about not choosing that for a living yeah Do you miss, that- are you are you for real when you say that you you wish that you gone that way. Um, I feel like I'm. Are you kidding yourself? I'm. I'm probably in a period like you were similar. I'm probably romanticizing it a little bit okay. right now. Um, yeah. But there is like such a nice feeling though of cooking a good meal for someone and kind of feeling like you're providing that service and making that moment in their day. And I can vouch that he's a great cook. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can <Ooh>. cook, <laughs> but I'm sure it's it'll go. I, I would agree. Yeah. It's a loving thing to do to prepare a meal for, because it's not always that cool when somebody says, I'm going to cook you something. You kind of go and you get this shitty pizza or something. Like that. <laughs> it yeah. has to be good. It has. To oh, be yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so I'd like a personal ranking of your of your hobbies here of of art, music, and cooking. Give me a one, two, drinking. three, and drinking. Yeah. Drinking, <laughs> drinking, drinking, number one. Um, no, but uh, the painting is definitely has become such a big part of my uh, my life as well, uh, and because the the selling of it is very good as well, so that that might contribute in a way. So it's not a hobby. It is work, but I'm enjoying it so much. And I have my studio in the middle of Copenhagen in the city, and it's mine. If I don't like you, fuck off. It's it's kind of like that. And I'm so used to do compromises in all the work that I do. Being an actor, it's always kind of ideas on top of ideas and other people saying something. But when I'm painting, it's just me. And if you don't like it, don't buy it. So it's kind of, uh, so that is definitely uh, the, the biggest ranking after acting. And then music is, is like when you talk about uh, being a chef, it's I'm romanticizing about it. Yeah. I, have, I have put it aside, but I still do it when I, like uh, the, the girl with the long hair. Oh, sitting, Rapunzel. No, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. So that cartoon. Her love interest is called Flynn, Flynn Ryder. Yeah, they have a, they have a song, so I got to do that as well. Oh wow! Whenever I get in to do these, because I do these voiceovers or whatever you did the dubbing, I do Batman as well, Lego Batman and Batman all the. Batman. I saw that on your Instagram. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing! That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do all these, and 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 whenever I get into the music, I really enjoy it. But I'm I'm not fooling myself anymore that that it's nobody's going to knock on my door saying hey. Do you want to do this anyway? Do you want to go on the road? Honestly, the nice thing about all of those hobbies is, though, that you can drink while you do all of them. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's the greatest thing about being in in entertainment. Nobody says you can't drink when you're jumping. (laughs) It's honestly probably encouraged for most of them. (laughs) That's good. Honestly, I I looked at um, your website with your your paintings, and I just have a, a question of, I like that you kind of use black and white and this is me as a complete lay person, but also it seems like negative space almost a lot of, it seems like strings that like you're distorting space in that way and connecting to objects. What is like kind of an inspiration behind your art and how did it kind of evolve to that point? I really like the way that you, that you talked about it there. I'm going to remember that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, mean, it's, 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 I mean, art is not art until it meets somebody. So it meets it needs other eyes to look at it. And then you kind of tell me what you see and then it kind yeah. of makes sense. So, but for me, it's definitely like the pause when you're acting. So the negative space or the white is definitely, is almost more important than, than the, uh, the figurative things that I paint. Yeah. But what I have figured out is that all my paintings, all the things that I do is about looking at something and then just going a little like that, looking at it from an, a, a bit of another perspective. And that put the audience into two groups. And there's always two ways of looking at my painting. And it's almost like the cup is half empty, half full, the way that you look at it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I it says a lot about you as, 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 as an audience, how you look at it. Because I can, I try to surround myself with a lot of positive and 
and uh, overflowing and yeah, that kind of people. Um, and you can you can immediately spot them when they look at it because they see it from that kind of view and not that. But both yeah, of them, that's interesting. and I kind of see it from both ways. But but when I did stand up comedy, it was it was the same way at looking at something, just going like that. And it's just kind of, um, but it's definitely the black and white, and it's something to do with my. I like order, and I like minimalism, and I like. I was afraid in the in the early days of painting. It's like 10 years ago I started and I was afraid that they were going to go, um, what do you call that, flat or not interesting, just yeah. tapestry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it definitely still works. It's, it's, still, it's still up there. And I, I keep in contact with some of the, the early customers and they give me feedback if it still works. And yeah. I, 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 yeah. Sorry, it was, I lost a uh, question, no. but <laughs> yeah, it, it was working for me. I, I liked it. I also liked the 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 titles of them were working well for me too. I, I liked a lot they, of the they ones say a lot as well. Yeah, just dealing with um, the one. It was like you cannot run your childhood, and with yeah. the um, the young child on the tricycle yeah. pulling like the house. That I liked yeah. that one a lot. Oh, cool! It's actually my youngest son that that's the little one. That's, oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> that's really nice. The photograph of him that I used. The way that I paint is that I paint it the first time, and then that, of course that's for sale, and then you can order it. And when it's paint, when the that exact thing is painted and sold five times, it dies. It can it can resurrect in in a. That sounded very religious. <laughs> I can do it as a stencil as well, or a drawing or something, but as painting. Yeah. And my youngest has that on his wall in there, and it was for him that no matter what you do you can't you can't run away from your childhood it was always follow you in a good way as well yeah exactly mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like all shit and, and bad parents and hitting and drinking and it's also all the love that you it's always going to be there with you yeah so in your response there that's the second time you mentioned stand-up comedy where is there anywhere we can uh, watch this tom maryland comedy oh, no. <laughs> No, this is this is uh, before I got into theater school. So I was like 18, 19, 20, 21 when I did that. Okay. It was the early years of stand-up comedy in Denmark. Uh, I did a short movie, actually. I haven't, can't even remember what it was. It was such a crazy story. It was like, a, it was a director here in Denmark, a quite uh, well-known one. And he was very uh, angry with the established, um, what do you call that? People who kind of tell everybody who what is hot and what is not an influencer uh, yeah with yeah. yeah now now but now within, yeah yeah within culture uh trendsetter mm, yeah but this was more like uh this was like tv programs where all these uh, highbrow would sit in there going no this is not but this should be shakespeare and, it should be. <laughs> and, and this director was so fed up with them that he wrote to them that he had this new stand comedian uh and he was going to do a short movie about him if they would air that and he didn't know anybody and he he, he knew me i was a bartender in the bar that he was he was drinking at <laughs> and yeah. i was i was 18 or 19 and and he he said could you do this could you could you create a character that's fucking annoying and do a <laughs> show and i was like uh, uh, okay I, I will yeah i will do that I, and that was the first thing i did so i did it in front of an audience never done stand up before and we shut it 
as a short movie and it was aired on, on national TV. What I didn't think about is that it was sold as I was that character, as that was me. As oh, oh geez, thought, yeah. But that dickhead was me. <laughs> and I deliberately did this thing that, you, of course, when you do stand-up, you kind of make uh, fun with about yourself and mm-hmm. to before you make fun about anybody else. He didn't. He just <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I actually went on the road with that for, and it was quite fun because it was, it was like half an hour, maybe 40 minutes. And the, the first 20 minutes was kind of cool. And then people started to leave. <laughs> and then, then uh, half, of, half of the room would be there. But they, they thought it was funny. But I offended a lot of people. And it kind of went from there. But then I, I, I pulled out of it. I thought it was very lonely. I thought it was really lonely being like, like yeah. Have, you, have any of you guys ever done that? No, 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 no. Mm. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I could never. <laughs> I people doing it, and I, I, I've I've watched all all the U.S. Uh, uh, stand-ups and U.K. and I, I'm a huge fan of so many, and that's what I binge watch is, is is that and and music, yeah. But I think that that short movie is some somewhere out there. Okay, <laughs> we'll pick it up. I'm thinking well, yeah. I can get to watch it myself because it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know we've been holding you for a while. There's a couple more things I want to ask, and then we can get you out of here. But hey, we we do. I mentioned it at the beginning. Me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we uh, I mentioned it at the beginning. Um, we're huge, huge dark fans. Like I put yeah. that as my absolute number one favorite show. And like as soon as it came out, and we binged it, we we raved over it. We were all over the internet, like looking for conversations about it and i just made a commitment anything that the writers of dark put out i am 100 now going to watch so i'm actually not too caught up on what 1899 is about but if there's anything you could do to get me more hype than i already am because i'm absolutely ready to just dive into whatever they put out it is such an amazing job it's a great cast and it's looking from the perspective of just how it is filmed i mean it's done with this new technology that they invented with doing it on, on LED screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have this massive one. It's like, I don't know, seven meters tall and it's like 30 meters from that way to that and it goes in a U. And when you stand, they build a boat, the front of, the, of, of a boat. And when you stand on that, as an actor, it looks like you're on the sea. Wow. Wow. It's not green screen. It's not blue screen. It looks like you're, it's. That's awesome. Wow. Oh, that is crazy. Of course I can, I can see that I'm not on the sea, but then I go and watch the monitors. Some of my colleagues when they're standing there and it 100% already looks like it's on the sea. Wow. It's so amazing. And Bo and Yander, the creators, um, the director and Yanda, of course, who writes every, also wrote uh, uh, Dark. It's they're just from yeah, they're from another world. Yes, I mean, they are. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I, I'm so blessed that I I got into this one, and it's I don't know what I can say or not, but it's definitely not going to be boring. <laughs> yeah yeah it might, it might be perfect it <sighs> might be too much mm-hmm. but it's not going to be boring 
I and will it's say not going to be anything that you thought it was going to be. <laughs> that sounds like dark. <laughs> sounds like dark. Yeah. yeah dark. Yeah. Dark didn't scare me. And I, nope. but this concept of being lost in the ocean is one of my like biggest fears ever. Yeah, I agree. So actually, yeah. I think this show, especially at night. So I think this show might get to me a little bit that way more than Dark did, no matter what happens. A lot of the I, I did this television show. I haven't seen that The Head, which was shot in Spain, but it's 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 a six episode TV show. Very very cool with uh, Alvaro as well. Ah, okay. Border. We did this show, and it's if you haven't seen that, go watch the head. Very, very cool. Um, and they are isolated in in in, Ar- in Antarctic, Antarctica. Is it called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And coming back to your point, I'm not so afraid of being lost at sea in a boat or in Antarctica somewhere. It's more about who you're lost with. Oh, mm, okay. okay, okay, yeah. That's what fucking scares me. Yeah, yeah. And it all comes down to at one point, like. Yeah, Lord of the Flies, who, who are you going to go for? I'm not saying that 1899 is about that in any way or form because it's not. But that's what scares me. I mean, being alone on the sea, you know what you what, what, what you got to work with. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> it's just... Yeah, okay, that's a good point. And I know when there's 18... Somebody's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Have you um? And just this just reminded me of this, but um, I think it's called what the lighthouse with Robert Pattinson. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That just reminded yeah. me of that, and yeah, I agree. Exactly. Actually, that having that extra person might well, obviously probably higher probability that something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one, one point, and I know myself because I, I have quite a low. T- I love meeting people. I, I'm sensitive. I I got a low tolerance of noise and shit. And at some point, I'm, I would be one of those. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's where they what the, the Kiartan would come out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you drop yeah, the tomahawk yeah. and go right cool. to Kiartan. <laughs> do we uh, do we have any kind of a release date yet uh, that we know of, or is it still no, no, okay? No, but we, I, I, th- I, I think that the newest thing is in the in the autumn. Yeah, we're hoping for. But no, no, and 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 to be fair, um, they're not gonna release it until it's perfect and right, right, right. in every way and form. Yeah, I'm uh, willing to wait. We, 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 yeah, we, we're willing to wait. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect. But, uh, and it's a totally perfect. different. And, and from my perspective, it's such a different character from Tom Melvin. So I'm so just so blessed with all these. These characters has really been dressed out, or what you call dressed up, after playing kind of this look for, I don't know, five, four, five years. Suddenly getting long hair or beard or shit mm-hmm. and all that is just it's it's so it's so cool. That's fun. It's such a massive job, but the real time is as well. I'm so looking forward to getting back to it and getting the wig on and. <laughs> well you're not gonna grow your hair for real <laughs> i actually after the wheel of time I, my hair was actually long in the end i had that for but then i had to cut it for a movie <laughs> i actually kind of liked it it was kind of cool it was i, I started moving kyle knows all about the long hair <laughs> i didn't know it like, was a wig i did not yeah. know it was a wig no it's it, they have you know i mean costume and, and hair and makeup is mind-blowing they are mm. like it just kind of put it there and then it just is there. Like, and then, of course, uh, costume is, is 
another, I mean, unbelievable. The whole, yeah, his whole outfit is so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to do anything. I just kind of had to stand there and talk a bit darker and that that was it. <laughs> That's kind and of nice. just, and everything. Has Willa Time been the biggest production that you've been a part of, would you say? Uh, no, because I, I, it's definitely up there, but, but, when we did the last kingdom starting out, that was really, really huge as well. Right, out. right, right. I, I, I come from fairly small sets, uh, but when we did the last kingdom, it's like there's like three hundred people. I mean, on, on on stage, it was like the assistant had an assistant, had an assistant. It was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so weird. But I mean, I've been I've been blessed with some some. I mean, deep state. That was another big one as well uh, and a very cool I don't know if you know that one but it's mm-hmm. um, uh, with Mark Strong and now Walton Goggins and I did Tomb Raider with Walton I was just going to say Tomb Raider was, as well yeah yeah that was, that was kind of but my, my role wasn't that so I'm also kind of talking about it when if I was involved but um, Valerian uh, Luke Besson that was a big one as well uh, but that was more because of him and the whole Leon and the DOP made Leon and it was like fuck I mean I'm not a movie nerd nerd in that way I'm not I'm just more into people who are fucking good at what they're doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm so in love with that I don't care if you're an electrician or or whatever you do as long as you're fucking good at it it's the Danish way (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> there you go and that's why he checks out our wheel of time coverage yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but but no but it's but it is a big set but but the, the thing is when you boil it down a set is a set is a set all over the world it all comes down to like uh, a dop and a puller and a cameraman and and sound and like a grip and another act and a direct and yeah, it's just like eight or ten people there might be 200 around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all down to that. And that it doesn't matter whether you're in Morocco or you're in Prague or I don't know where it's, it comes down to that. And that's what I love about my, I'm, I'm just realizing it now. Thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you're in Antarctica or whatever you do, it's, it all comes down to that. And, and the last thing is whatever you put in, whatever you meet up with, it doesn't matter whether you're eight years old or 90, as long as what you're acting out is full of something. That sounded very, but hey. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> that profound statement. Price is not a two-book. That's so wrong. That is Heineken. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> we can we can blur it out if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can, they can sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take no, the sponsor. But, but, but to, to, to answer that, it all comes down to that. So I don't give a fuck about how big it is or the pressure and all that. Because there's no pressure when you're standing in that. Is that it's just just about telling the story. And if you're with good people, they're good at it. You, you, they always catch you. It's, it's just mm-hmm. so blessed. I just wish I wasn't, I'm 49 now. I wish I, I had this when I was 40. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's never too late. You got tons of time. 
Yeah, to learn to play the harp and get a mustache. <laughs> By the time we're done with Wheel of Time, you'll actually be 70 playing Tom. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you'll finally fit some people. Yeah, yeah. eventually the, the mustache will grow in. And <laughs> the hair oh, out of my good. ears. <laughs> <laughs> the kids will get the tug on it. It'll be nice. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, I think that's all we had, right? That yeah. was an amazing yeah, yeah. conversation. You absolutely are were a fantastic time to talk to you you killed it for the last kingdom wheel of time and the, the future 1899 gonna be replacing dark as the best you know of all time so, uh, <laughs> seriously thank I you just so want to say freaking thank much you for nerding into to the shows i mean i mean it, it's been a pleasure list, listening to you and and you're on point with so many things so so i i, I think it's uh it's very cool and hence why i enjoyed the conversation yeah, so definitely. Yeah, really, I'm saying thank you. We might be yeah. hitting you up after 1899 comes yeah. back. We can have another o- conversation. <laughs> 100%. Open invitation to come back on the podcast, season two, Wheel of Time, 1899, whatever it is. Anytime yeah. you want, come on back. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. I'm no Adele. Hell no. What would I do that? <laughs> All right, and drink your Heineken and get out I of here. Enjoyed it. And take care, guys, and keep up the good work. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Really appreciate it. Do the same. It. Enjoy the rest yeah. of the holiday. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it, Mr. Alexander Viome. Never in our wildest dreams did we think we'd be sharing a beer with Tom Marilyn, but apparently dreams do come true. We can't thank Alexander enough for coming on to chat with us. And like we said, we're crossing our fingers, hoping we can have him back to talk some more Wheel of Time and his new projects in the future. If you like what you heard, you can check us out at BingetownTV.com. Binchtown TV on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Binchtown TV. If you're looking for the full uncut video interview, that will be on there very, very soon on our Patreon. We have two tiers. One tier is if you just want to throw a couple dollars our way to support the pod, keep the lights on. The second tier is $5 a month, and it includes all of our exclusive content, exclusive podcast episodes, exclusive video interviews uncut with the celebrities from some of the shows that we cover and a lot of other fun stuff that are coming soon. We are going to be pushing this Patreon very, very hard soon, guys. So if you want to jump on, we would really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's it for us today. Once again, we are Binstown TV and thank you so much for listening. Let's go.